Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, June the 28th, 2022. It is currently 1117 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Well, have you been paying attention to what's going on in the world? Have you? Have you been paying any attention? Have you? Have you been looking around? Obviously, there's a lot of things happening in the world of the Supreme Court. Yes, there's a lot of things happening in the world of politics, right? Yes. Would you agree? Yes, there's lots of things happening in the culture with the Supreme Court and in the world of politics. You could talk about there's a lot happening in the world economically, right? Gas prices, food prices, inflation. There's a lot going in the world globally when you consider Russia and Ukraine. There is a lot of things happening. But in the world of entertainment, one thing that a lot of people are talking about is the movie Elvis. Oh, it's number one at the box office. Everyone seems to have an opinion. Everyone has an opinion about the movie Elvis. Some love it, some hate it, some some have issues with this or issues with that. But it's it's obviously very relevant right now within popular culture. And yesterday, I saw the movie Elvis. Now, if you're not looking for a conversation in regards to the movie Elvis and to things maybe related to Elvis and, and well, if you're not interested in a conversation about Elvis, then obviously this would be a good time for you to just stop this podcast and then you don't have to worry about it. And the reason I say that is someone will listen to it all the way through and then complain, you spend an entire program talking about Elvis. Just remember you choose to listen to whatever you want to choose. You, you, you choose to listen to whatever you so desire to listen to. So if this is not the topic for you, I completely understand. Feel free to just stop this and move on. We produce plenty of content, so there'll be more content that you may find more interesting or more um, appropriate in your mind. But I just think it's we need to have a conversation, all right? And this is going to be kind of just a very... Just, I'm just, we're, yeah, I, I guess I want you to hear this as a conversation, as a discussion. Now, I can't hear your perspective, but what I'm hoping is that you'll give me your thoughts and perspective. You can email me, or if you're listening live, you can do so in the chat. But um, I just more of a conversation, a discussion, maybe more so than me, you know, having everything laid out in point one, point two, point three. I just want to have a conversation in regards to the movie Elvis and not just the movie, but really just the end, so much about what happened during that time period, because I think it has a connection to something we've been talking about in a, in a different series of podcast episodes that you can go listen to. But let's start this way. I want to begin by giving a definition to the word or to the phrase double standard. Have you ever heard of a double standard? You've probably heard it. You've probably said, that's a double standard. No, that's a double standard. Probably sometimes in a, deb- in a debate or an argument, you've talked about people having double, a double standard. Well, the definition of the phrase a double, or a double standard is a rule or principle which is unfairly applied in different ways to different people or groups. All right? A rule or principle 
which is unfairly applied in different ways to different people or groups. And when I was watching the movie Elvis, it made me think of a possible double standard. Now, I know it could be somewhat controversial to bring up, but I just think it is at least relevant to a discussion that we've been having in another podcast series in regards to purity culture. Because when you talk about purity culture, there are three damaging ideas that are typically connected with purity culture. Like, hey, these ideas are connected with purity culture, and these ideas are damaging, they are hurtful, and we must speak against them. And those are, number one, that sexual sin is the worst sin ever. That somehow purity culture elevates sexual sin to the grandest of all sins and it's treated extremely different, or can we say there's a double standard in how sexual sin is treated versus other sins, right? We, we, we could talk about it in that context. That's not what I'm referring, well, well, you could kind of apply it to the Elvis uh, movie, but we'll, 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 we'll talk about this. We, we, may, we may come back to that. Number two, a woman only has her virginity and purity to offer, and if she loses that before marriage, she is damaged goods. That is a very hurtful, and there's lots of problems with that concept in the way in the way that it is presented. And we talked about that in our series on purity culture. And number three, it is the woman's responsibility. To protect men from sinning, that purity culture seems to put the responsibility on women. How you look, how you dress, don't put on too much makeup, don't do your hair that way, don't wear that, don't wear that, don't wear that. It's the women's job because men, they're just out of control and that they men walk around in a sense just seeing women as objects and they objectify women and women and men are out of control. And so women have got to do everything in their power to, to keep the man from sinning and it seems to to place all of the responsibility on the woman and not the man. All right. And you could talk about that, that definitely, whether it was intended or an unintended consequence, that idea definitely was found within the purity culture. And many today have condemned that. Now, again, I'm not saying that that was the original idea. Maybe they didn't even think of what that, what were the consequences of, of presenting the concept that way. And maybe they weren't even trying to present the concept to necessarily say that. But that's what ultimately happened. Now, it's that third one that I want to talk a little about. But before we do so, let me tell you a little bit about the movie Elvis. Now, I don't know if you were a fan of Elvis. I don't know what your view of Elvis has been, is. Everyone has opinions of Elvis. Obviously, he is a person that had an absolute profound impact on culture, on popular culture, on music. You, you could even, he definitely was, in a, in a sense, very instrumental. And, I mean, he, he was he was coming to stardom at a time where our, our, there was lots of racial issues in the United States of America. You had segregation. You had a lot of major issues. And he came to power, uh, and he came to stardom. I guess, in a sense, he gained power. Power, stardom, and influence at a time where the country had some serious, serious race issues in the United States of America. And anyone who denies that, well... <laughs> Either A, you don't know your history, or B, there's something really wrong with the way you think, okay? But clearly, there was some major issues. And Elvis, as you know, um, 
was a white person who definitely was influenced by black culture, black music, and he he took some of that music, used it, sung it, and made it popular to an audience uh, of, well, to the white audience. And in some ways, you could argue, some people say, well, you know, he didn't give enough credit to that. You can, we can get into a whole discussion about there, but in a sense, he, he brought, in a sense, black culture and black music and made it more accepting to many in the white audience. Now, many were very much condemning of Elvis because they almost, you know, basically said he was bringing this black culture to the white culture and they did not want that because they wanted the, they wanted segregation and, 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 and in the most strict ways possible. So it, it's it's very interesting that his role and that and that entire the way that all played out and we could have hours and hours of discussion about that you could have you could have books written on that subject and the movie definitely addresses that issue but here's what I what jumped out in my mind in the movie the movie is a movie of contrast all right contrast and some of the contrast are extremely interesting there's this powerful scene. Um, and again, remember some of the movie, it's it's obviously based on the life of Elvis. Not, not everything is 100% historically accurate. And some things are there more to symbolize a principle or a concept that the concept may be true, but they they create a fictional scene in order to demonstrate that concept. Instead of just saying, well, and uh, when it comes to Elvis, this is true and this is true, they gave a very artistic symbolic expression of what may be true in the life of Elvis or true in his impact. And one thing that I found very interesting at, at the uh, early in the movie is they show Elvis as a, uh, a young boy. I don't know, maybe, maybe 10, 12, just a young boy. I, I don't know exactly his age at the time. Um, I, it's, you know, I don't know if the movie indicated it. Maybe it did, but um, he's young. And there, there's basically, think of it as this, think of it this way, two different buildings. One, or well, one is a tent. All right, think of this. I said of two buildings. One is a tent and one is like a little shack. All right, that's kind of broken down and one is a tent. And the tent is a revival service happening with an all black congregation. And they're, they're singing, you know, black spiritual songs and, and there's all of this emotionalism and people are jumping and dancing and, and, and having basically a spiritual experience. All right. So you have this, this tent that symbolizes the influence of black spirituality and black church culture upon Elvis. And then there's another shack where uh, Elvis as a little boy is trying to look through like the, the cracks in the building so he can see in. And there is uh, black blues musicians playing the blues and two individuals dancing in a very seductive and uh, sexualized way. So what they show is that Elvis is looking through, trying to see inside this little shack, this black musician this black couple dancing in a very sexualized way. And he's he's seeing that and being influenced by black culture and this kind of a fleshly sexualized connection to music. Then he runs away from that and runs to the church to the or to the revival tent. And there it's almost like he has this spiritual experience, almost like he's being slain in the spirit. He's falling back and he's shaking 
with the music and with the with the spirit. So it it shows this contrast between like this fleshly influence and the spiritual influence, and that these two come together in Elvis, both greatly influenced from a. Now they they also are demonstrating in the movie the time of segregation and the separation between uh, the black and whites. But what it does is it brings together in Elvis the influence of the flesh and the spirit. And then you see this in Elvis's career, right? He's known for his seductive, sexualized movement on stage, right? Being a, a heartthrob, a sex symbol. But then he's putting out gospel songs and singing gospel songs. So you see this kind of weird syncretism, these two concepts coming together in Elvis, and the movie does a very artistic way of demonstrating that influence. And if you listen, if you've ever studied or listened to the music of Elvis, you see those two influences very much prominent and very much present. And sometimes it appear, it looks like a contradiction. So the movie has these contrasts that come together. It also tries to demonstrate the contrast between maybe his his relationship with his mother versus his love relationship with a woman and how that there's a, there's a contrast there, but in some ways they get merged together and he almost sees his love interest almost like a mother. It's really, it's really, and, and we could talk about how even we, we could have a long discussion, but another contrast, you have the contrast between supposed white culture and black culture. You have, you have all of these different contrasts happening in the movie where it's all, for every contrast in the movie, they're merged together in Elvis, in his life, which is just interesting. You have the contrast between Colonel Parker, his manager, and Elvis himself. You have this powerful scene of dialogue where basically Colonel Parker, because Elvis is mad and upset at Colonel Parker, basically like, you're me and I'm you. And once that which really demonstrates this idea of contrast constantly throughout the movie. And we could get into, you know, just analyzing all of that. But where does the double standard come in? Now, here, here, I just want you to think about this. And you may agree or you may disagree. So there's a little bit about the movie. There you go. I think it's contrast. It, it's we, we, I could give you, you know, so many things about the movie. The movie, by no means, am I saying they're saying it's godly or righteous or holy. I'm not saying anything like that. It's about the life of Elvis. So clearly, it demonstrates a lot of things that we would say is not right or ungodly. There's language. Clearly, it demonstrates his um, uh, relationships with women. And yeah, a lot there. It's nothing super, super explicit, but of course, there's plenty there that you would be like, mm, I'm not so sure about. I'm just saying this movie's being talked about, and I'm just trying to explain that the movie does have these contrasts, and we could try to take it apart a little bit more, but I'm not here to do that. Here's what I want to do. There's this scene in the movie. And it we could get into question of the historical accuracy of exactly the way they put it forth in the time frame. We, we can get into a discussion about that. But we all know, because there's plenty of been articles written about it, documentaries that have shown it, that there was this absolute hard to explain. And even the movie almost tries to explain it like it, it that there's something there's something uh, something else is going on here that can't be explained just by it, by any normal means, right? They almost try to act like it was otherworldly. But we all know that when Elvis would take the stage and move, that women 
would absolutely lose their minds. They would scream and just have these emotional reactions that is hard to even explain. Now, the movie may have obviously shown this one scene, or they may have exaggerated it a little bit, but they were trying to, and I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to show this one performance and trying to make it symbolic of the reaction overall. In other words, they made this one scene so over the top and crazy because it was trying to symbolize just the kind of reaction Elvis Scott over overall. So it took kind of the overall reaction and, and crammed it into one powerful scene that showed these women almost like they had become possessed. They were having a physical and an emotional reaction that's hard to even explain, but there's no way to deny that they were looking at Elvis as they were objectifying him. There's just no way to get around it. They were objectifying him. I think there's even a line in the movie that they saw him as forbidden fruit and they wanted to devour him. These women were having a physical reaction to this man's movement that was extremely, can, let's just, we'll use biblical terms, filled with lust. I mean, just absolute filled with lust. And it was crazy to just, the movie, again, I'm saying exaggerates it a little bit, but there's too many articles written about it. The same thing happened with the Beatles. There's been these times where it has happened. If you go to the 80s, New Kids on the Block, you, there's all these different times where an artist, where just, and I'm going, and I'm, I'm referring to artists where the women have this very, lustful, very fleshly reaction. I mean, it is over the top. And a lot of times it's viewed as, oh, that, you know, almost like, oh, that's crazy or they're emotional, but almost in a way that's kind of like, it's it's seen as more socially acceptable, right? It's not viewed so much as women objectifying this guy it's more viewed as, oh, they're just, they're so overcome with emotion. Oh, silly women. It's kind of viewed almost in a more, there's a level of innocence almost placed upon it. Nothing necessarily, ooh, how horrible or how bad. Oh, just the women were crazy. But when the more I saw that scene and thought about it, I was like, is, is there a double standard, especially in relation to what we talk about in regards to purity culture? Because people who condemn purity culture and they get very mad. And, and it's, it's often put forth that men objectify women, that men cannot, and that they're mad at purity culture because purity culture seems to demonstrate that men can't control themselves. So it's the woman's responsibility and that they place a lot of this issue on the woman, that the man is out of control sexually and, it's the, and the women have to do everything they can to protect the man. And there's a lot of condemnation of purity culture in that. But I, I thought, can you imagine any time in history, any time in history, because this happened not only to Elvis, it's happened to a number of other artists, the Beatles and other artists, where packs of women will swarm one of these artists and literally begin ripping off parts of their clothing, try literally ripping off their clothing, almost like, a, I mean, it's basically physical assault, pulling off parts of their clothing. And the women in many cases are taking off parts of their undergarments and throwing it on stage. 
Can you imagine if a pack of men attacked a female artist that way and tried to rip off her clothes? Why, I think, isn't there a double standard or, or do you even, I mean, it just seems odd that, that he's being objectified. Women are literally trying to rip off his, his clothes. Women are showing up at his hotel room, throwing themselves at him. And it's just, it, it, it's almost as if that it's not viewed the same way. It's not viewed, is, I guess what I'm asking, is there a double standard there? And if so, why? If so, why? Because in some ways, from a Christian perspective, the objectifying should be wrong on both sides, male and female, correct? Lust should be condemned on both sides, male and female, correct? Yes, Physically grabbing someone and trying to rip off their clothes should be condemned on both sides, correct? Right? I mean, it, I mean, isn't it? I just, I just sometimes when I'm reading about purity culture, and I look, I think there's plenty of things went wrong in purity culture. There's no question about it. But the women in many cases of purity culture feel like you, you were attacking us, and 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 we were the and we were the ones being made to be the villains, and we had to do this and do this because because men, 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 and it, and it, it, it do you think in purity culture it's viewed that like men are the sexualized one and women aren't? Women are just the are just portrayed as the villains. And the men are, 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 are viewed as the, the people, uh, you know, who, who's like an animal out on, uh, you know, out on the hunt. Is there not, I guess what I'm trying to say, when you look through things like Elvis and how the women acted, is there a place in discussing purity culture or any of these issues where, or is there a way to be more balanced in how we approach it? In other words, did purity culture place all the responsibility on women, making it like they're just the victims, right? Or, or they're the villains and the men are just out of control. Do you think it, it gave an accurate representation of both male or female? Do you think it was an inaccurate representation of male and female and the responsibility of both? Because it seems like today, that, and we talked about this in purity culture and a lot of articles that have been written, that if you if you place any responsibility on women, hey, women, you can't do this, you can't do that. The women are like, how dare you say that? You can, you're placing the responsibility on me. That's not right. Okay? So they get very upset. But then if you put the responsibility on the man, are you saying there's no responsibility? Like, isn't there mutual responsibility in these situations? And aren't both can't both be at fault? And is it is it fair to classify one male, males being more sexualized than women? Is it not is it not a situation where both can be at fault? I mean, because I just, you see the way the women acted towards Elvis and you, if men were doing that, they'd be like, see, men are animals, men are dogs, men, men are garbage, men, men are, men are pathetic. And it's like when women act in that way, oh, you know, what a crazy time to be alive. Like there's almost an innocence placed upon it. And I just think that, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. One, 
everyone has a responsibility, right? Doesn't everyone have a response? I, I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like there was a double standard. Maybe you don't. I, I would just like to get your, if you've seen the movie or for, you don't even have to see the movie, you know about those instances where women are chasing down a, a male, you know, musical artist, literally trying to rip off their clothes, attacking them. They're throwing their undergarments on stage. That happened with Garth Brooks. It's happened with me. Uh, Justin Bieber had the same kind of crazy thing when he was younger. I mean, he, the new kids on the block. I could go through every musical. I mean, I could go through the entire history of music where this has happened. Now, I'm not saying there aren't crazy male fans when it comes to to female artists. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they don't try to maybe try to stalk them. or There's, there's crazy things that happen. They're just as inappropriate. But I'm just saying you don't typically see packs of men chasing down a female artist where they have to literally run and flee for their life. And I'm not saying there's never been a, a case where it's happened. I'm saying, but you see these cases where it clearly occurs with a female audience. But it's almost viewed as, wow, that was crazy. That was crazy. Why? Why is it? So may, listen, I guess the issue is if we're going to, if, if people are deconstructing from purity culture in 2022, and if people are condemning purity culture, and if people want to throw out all the concepts of purity culture and say that the church got it all wrong and the church handled it all wrong and the church should repent and the church should apologize. And you've got, you know, everyone from Joshua Harris and everyone else basically throwing out purity culture. Well, I, I just want to stop and go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute here. The church, I'm not saying the church got it all right. I'm not, I definitely know I haven't always got it all right. I've been wrong in all kinds of area, in issues with the, in these areas. So I'm not sitting here, like, I, I'm trying to just discuss it. I'm not here th throwing any judgment. I'm just saying that I've seen the church greatly condemned in this area. But I just think that, has there just been an, a double standard in many of these issues, not just within the church, even within the culture? Even within the culture. Now, some could argue, well, it was Elvis's fault because he, he utilized sexuality in order to manipulate these fans and to get that kind of reaction. And it's his fault. You could put the blame on him, but then is it just him and the women bear? They're just out of, they just, they cannot think and they're, they're out of control and, and, and it's all on Elvis and not on them. It's, we always seem to put responsibility on one and not the other instead of putting the responsibility on both. Now, I'm not talking about a situation where blackmail is used or, hey, you're going to lose your job or, hey, if you don't do this, uh, you know, I'm not talking about intimidation, blackmail. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, obviously, that's a whole different situation. I'm talking just in a normal situation aren't all responsible, aren't all responsible. I, I think, I think it has to be at least discussed I, only because the only reason I'm bringing this up is because we've just, we did a number of episodes on purity culture. We just did that. So we've been talking about purity culture and I wasn't even done. I was going to go through this long uh, discussion about purity culture where a female was just like, boom, condemning it, condemning it, condemning it. All these crazy stories, condemning, 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 condemning. Basically, purity culture is of the devil. It is evil and it destroyed everyone's life and it's all bad. 
And there's many of the complaints that would be accurate. That would be accurate. So I'm not saying everything handled correctly. Look, anytime, any, this is true. Anytime we as fallen individuals, as sinners, right? You're a sinner, I'm a sinner. Whenever we try to address issues, right? Pertaining to sin, pertaining to godliness, there's a lot of attempts that when we try to fix something, we go, first of all, we we tend to not be balanced. And a lot of cases, we try to fix problems. We try to fix symptoms, right? We Instead of going to the actual root, we, we go to the symptoms, not the disease. So I think there's a time, I think whenever the church and Christians, whenever we try to address issues, we have a tendency to be unbalanced. I think this happens in culture as well. We have a tendency, especially in the church, to go after the symptoms and not the disease. I did an entire discussion about this recently. I think we have a tendency to try to use fleshly means versus spiritual means. I, I, I think I think there's a lot. We, we make lots of mistakes. We make so you can look at how the church was like. Man, we got to do something about what we're seeing within culture. We're seeing the the devastating consequences of the sexual revolution. We've got to do something about this. And then the church brings forth this idea of purity culture. And then you could see some of the imbalances, going symptoms, not the disease, fleshly concepts versus spiritual. You can, and there's plenty there that needs to be deconstructed and viewed in an incorrect way. But I just wonder in the midst of all of that, well, we're throwing purity culture completely away. What what are we going? Uh, are we going to then pr- put in its place a very thoughtful and a very biblical approach that tries to not create double standards and tries to recognize that human beings, human beings, all everyone, male, female, everyone have desires for physical relationships and are capable of lust, are capable of objectifying other people, and are capable of being very much responsible for their own actions and what they do whenever a situation arises. Is it always just that person? That person's guilty. That person, in almost every case that I've ever known, Two people are are involved, right? Am I am I am I am I missing something? And that usually how it occurs. So I just thought it was just weird that uh, that these women are just seen losing their minds in the Elvis movie, just losing their minds. And again, I think I think the goal, I think the director was trying to make that one scene so over the top because it was trying to symbolize just the the overall reaction Elvis got, especially in those early years with what he was doing was so taboo and so, you know, shocking and so over the top. And of course, as time moves on, there's more and more artists that came that were doing far more shocking things and saying more shocking things than Elvis, you know, Elvis was doing. So at some point he became, you know, more irrelevant and, but he was still viewed by many women in a very objectified way. I don't think there's I don't think there's any way to get around that, right? I don't think there's any way to get around that. Even when he was, you know, wearing the jumpsuits and was becoming the Vegas guy, um, women were still showing up, viewing him in a, that very same way. And I, it's just it, it can happen. Men can objectify, women can objectify. Men can have lust, women can have lust. 
men can commit sexual sin. Women can commit sexual sin. Men have responsibility. Women have responsibility. Women should be held accountable. Men should be held accountable. Women should repent. Men should repent. There should be there, there should be restoration. There should be moving forward. I I just found it. I just found it to be somewhat interesting to see it. And it just, I I just, I just, all I could think about was what would happen if a female artist was, was basically, you know, women literally trying to rip their clothes off and, and and what would happen? How would that be viewed by society? Now, I know some are going to argue, well, women, it was just they get caught up in the emotions and they're tugging on the shirt and, and they, get, they get carried away, but they were never going to actually do anything where men, it would be more violent and aggressive with the intent to do something. And, and I, you, you can try to make that argument. I'm not, I'm not here to, to say that there's no, there's no level of truth in that. It just seems like many in the church hate purity culture. Many in the church feel that men are extremely guilty of of horrible things. And clearly the SBC report has demonstrated it. Clearly many lives of men have demonstrated it. Many, many men have, we, we, we can acknowledge our own failures in the past in this particular area. We, we can all, I think we can all acknowledge that. So I, so I, I think, I think, um, may, I put it this way, maybe purity culture put more of the responsibility on the women and not the men. And once we were, once we deconstruct from purity culture, is it a tendency to put all the responsibility on the men and not on the women? In other words, if you, if you deconstruct from one unbalanced and erroneous view and you replace it with an opposite erroneous and unbalanced view, then all you've accomplished is just replacing one bad thing with another bad thing. And if everyone's deconstructing from purity culture, what's going to be put in its place? What's going, where are we going to get our our approach? Now, Christians, we should have always taken our approach from a biblical perspective. We should have never taken it from culture and anybody else. But I wonder now, will culture dictate what will replace purity culture more than scripture? I'm just asking questions. Remember, I just wanted to to discuss the the movie sparked lots of uh, ideas and lots of thoughts. But when I watched that, I was just like, wow, if if men were shown that way, I, I could just almost feel that women be like, yeah, men are dogs, men are pathetic, men are gross. And it's like the women are acting like that. And it's like, oh, oh, look at them. Silly women. Almost like you're like, <laughs> that, that's just ridiculous. They're, 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 and like, it wouldn't be viewed the same way. Or maybe that's just me. I, I don't know. I, I just had to discuss this. I had to get this out of the way today because everyone's talking about it and I've seen 9,000 articles written about the movie. And so I just had to at least throw out some thoughts. And I just, in my mind, I was connecting it to, I mean, I've got article, all kinds of articles here about purity culture. And it's just like, I don't know. 
I mean, you, you could argue, you know, we, we always talk about the sexual revolution. Can you say that Elvis in many ways so brought in a sexualized connection to music that it was, was the beginning signs of what the sexual revolution would ultimately turn into? And then, so you can kind of go Elvis, the explosion of the sexual revolution, and then all of the unintended consequences of the sexual revolution. And then the church is like, we're going to fight the sexual revolution with purity culture. And now then purity culture kind of, turned in this big thing, it implodes. And now people are like, purity culture damaged me. It destroyed my life. It destroyed my marriage. It destroyed everything. We're deconstructing. Everyone reject purity culture. Okay, now, now what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? That, that I guess maybe is more of where I'm going with this. Maybe it's not just Elvis. And maybe it's not that... There's a double standard maybe now, Elvis. I just don't want us all as believers to be guilty of double standard. I don't want myself to be guilty of a double standard. There's got to be a a biblical way to look at this that's balanced and that's accurate, that avoids the, the failures of purity culture. There has to. There has to be. There has to be. I mean, there were many when Elvis was beginning, who condemned it, obviously there were many, now many condemned it more on racial lines that he was bringing in black culture and how dare that, you know, my, the white audience should not see that. And that gets into the racism that was so prevalent at the time that was horrible. And we could condemn that all day, but there were those who condemned this, this, this sexual aspects of it and condemned it. Now you could argue was the condemnation the condemnation, you could argue, maybe was correct, but was the condemnation realistic? In other words, look, you can remove everything that's sexualized, but the, the, the desire is still inside every human being. So how do you, again, you got to be balanced. Do you go after the symptom or do you go after the disease? And, and I, should we even, when I say the disease, I'm saying the disease of what we do with sexual desire. In other words, it comes... Sexual desire is natural because we're we're built that way, but our sinful nature seeks to then fulfill that natural desire in the most selfish, ungodly ways possible. I don't know. You you can give me your thoughts on all of it, everything from the sexual revolution to purity culture to Elvis to double standards to fleshly solutions to spiritual problems to you, you, any anything I mention there. It's it's free for you to discuss. Hopefully, what will happen is the ensuing discussions that arise from this kind of just stream of consciousness discussion, that will then lead me to then turn on the microphone and have a more focused discussion about specific points. Uh, Some of you may strongly disagree, and, and I don't want you to think in any way, shape, or form, I'm trying to excuse wrong behavior on any side, from the male side, from the female side. No, I just think there, there has to be a balanced look at it. There has to be a balanced look at it. All right. There has to, and, and just, and, and we also have to realize, you know, centralized, a, a sensual kind of dancing, you know, didn't start with Elvis Presley. Now you could say he brought it to the main, to the mainstream, but you know, centralized movement to music had been around for a very, 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 very long time and used for many in many different ways. So uh, I don't want to act like it just started there, but I'm saying in, in, in a sense of what happened in an Amer- American pop culture, um, Definitely changed a lot.
But I, I, I'm not trying to excuse anything from anyone or any failure that anyone has ever made. Um, I'm just simply saying that so many times when these things happen, our responses and reactions are not always the most biblical. And you, and, and you see, well, everything that kind of imploded with purity culture, it all fell apart. Why? What happened? What went wrong? Where did we go so wrong with that? Where did we go so wrong? We can count the ways. Well, okay. Now what's next? Because the issues are still there in the Bible, right? Flee fornication, right? Right? There's still plenty of, you know, anyone who looks at a woman with lust has committed adultery. And I mean, you can go on and on and on. The Bible still condemns all of those things. We're still we're going to, as long as this world continues and human beings live on it, these are going to be ongoing issues that we all struggle with. It's always going to be struggle. There's going to be sin and failure. There'll be victory. And there, so we always are going to have to, there's never going to be a time not to address these issues. You needed to address them way before 1954, 55, whenever Elvis made his debut, um, you know, in the 60s, uh, 70s, 80s, 90s, every year, these issues have to be addressed because there's always something there. Um, yeah, yeah, there was sensual dancing in the Ten Commandments movie, so it's been around a while. Yeah, and didn't someone dance and uh, end up asking for, I don't know, the head of a certain preacher? Did, did that not happen in the Bible somewhere? I think it did. I think it did. So, um, so these issues are never going to go away. They're never going to go away. But I just, I, I just had to at least mention it today because when I saw the women losing their absolute minds, I was just like, I don't know what would, how would the world react if men did that or, you know, did some of those things. Again, not just to Elvis, just the Beatles were literally chased down and, I mean, crazy things. BTS, we can talk about them. I mean, we can go on and I can go from to the most current artist going all the way back in time where in many cases it's male artists are literally getting their clothes ripped from their body and you're like, how, why, why does that kind of is viewed differently? And so it just started making me think about how we approach lots of these issues, even in the church. And you could argue that there's a double standard, maybe in how that's viewed in popular culture with Elvis, the Beatles, you can go, you can go on and on. I remember seeing, uh, I know no, nobody will probably remember this artist. I saw Leif Garrett. I know that that doesn't ring a bell. Um, his career ended tra- tragically because of some things that he did wrong. But uh, I can remember um, how the women were literally trying to just, I mean, like, it, it was insane. I mean, the women were literally, I mean, he, he couldn't get within, a, uh, I mean, if he got anywhere close to the women, they, they were basically jumping over barricades to get to him. It was insane. Uh, and I just, I saw... I've seen plenty, I mean, the you know, music in my life, and I, we could talk all day, all the concerts I've seen, but I don't think I've ever seen men trying to jump the barrier to a, try to get to a female artist as a, as a pack, maybe some one individual, but like, and trying to rip off their clothing. They may be doing so in their minds, but I, 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 the women acted more forcefully than what I had typically seen men act. Uh, and so, I don't know, you, you, you can... You can agree or disagree, but it just, it was insane to see. And again, I think the director was exaggerating it to make a point of how that was, that that one scene was capturing the reaction of all of Elvis's life. 
from from the beginning of his career to the end of his career, how he was constantly viewed in that kind of way. And they also used it, you know, they kind of manipulated it because they want they they knew Elvis was viewed that way. And, you know, they didn't want him to uh, people to know that he was in a relationship. And that I've, I've heard that in the music industry for a long time. Hey, don't let them know you're in a relationship. Don't let them know. Don't let them see a ring. Don't let them know. Don't be seen with your boyfriend or girlfriend because you they you want you're you're an object of fantasy. So you want the fans to believe that you are attainable in some weird they want that you are you are an attainable object. So uh, the music industry had no problem in many cases ob- allowing the people to be object- objectified because creating the fantasy, hey, you view them in a very uh, objectified way and look, they're still single. And so playing with that weird fantasy that takes place, we could have a whole discussion about that as well. But we got other things to move on to today. So it's now 12.01. So we'll get to the other things, but I just felt like if I didn't discuss this, well, you know what? I don't, I don't do I have to explain it? I mean, that's one of the things I, I I have always tried to do in the podcast is whatever I'm thinking, I'll turn on the microphone and take some time to talk about it. And if you don't like it, you skip it because you just give it about 15 minutes. I'll be back on the air, hopefully talking about something that you think is important. important. So what's up next? 30, 30 scriptures in 30 days. And that's what we'll be doing here in just a few minutes. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Will, for listening. Um, and, uh, Hopefully something something that I said will spark some further conversation and discussion, and I hope it's going to be understood correctly. Thanks for listening. God bless.